Welcome back. Episode two of the Staying Focus podcast. I'm Jimmy Collins, joined here by my friend and co-host Rob Grepp. How are we doing, guys? Uh, the second episode of the Staying Focus podcast is sponsored by Desi. Desi is a student-exclusive rideshare platform that rapidly connects student drivers with student riders. To learn more, go to www.ridedesi.com or visit the Instagram at Desi the app. It is a beautiful sunny day in South Bend today. And for those of you listening to this pod on April 14th, it is actually the hottest April 14th in South Bend history. So buckle up, enjoy the ride, and we can't wait to start. And we're back, episode two. Uh, first thing we want to get into today is the Masters, which wrapped up, uh, surprisingly wrapped up last Sunday on schedule after multiple delays. It's pretty nice uh, Easter, you know, Easter afternoon, sit on the couch with the family back at home, throw on the Masters. And, you know, honestly, I got to give some props to Jimmy because he called it the Rominator really dominated the whole like last round he really did yeah he did um it was it was his tournament uh i think i might have to take back what i said on i'm not a huge golf guy because now i might as well consider myself a huge golf guy uh predicted the masters champion doesn't get any better than that well i mean you also you had that extremely hot take you're like yeah live golf guy is definitely winning well there was a live golf guy leading the whole time until the last round. Yeah, let's talk about Brooks. that. Uh, let's talk about Brooks's 3-1 lead that he pretty much blew in that final round. So what, he, he was 12 under coming into the final round. Yes. And did he, what is that? Finished 8 under. Finished 8 under. And he finished four strokes behind Rom. Which is crazy because I think Rom just had the best. Or no, he was three holes. Kepka was 11 under and Rom was... Eight under going into the last round. Yeah, or but nine under, eleven under, and nine under. And then, what was it? The last also like the last four holes didn't Phil, Phil Mickelson. What do you do? Like he had like three birdies. I know Phil shot uh, eight under on the last day, which is another live golfer showing out the Masters. <laughs> um, yeah, eight under or seven under on the last day. Finished eight under, um, which is the they said it was the. Best round by a golfer at the Masters over 50 years old, which is very impressive. And with his tie for second place finish, Mickelson actually passed Tiger Woods in all-time winnings at the Masters. How do you know that? I thought you were not a golf guy. Statistics. Oh, statistics. statistics. All of a sudden, yeah. he is a golf guy. Statistics. But I think Phil is like a man of the people. I really do. Like he's always, you know, getting a hype at the crowd. If anything great happens or he gets a good shot, he's like... But now he's in live, so... I know, now he is in live. He's a little bit less likable. He's a little less likable. That is true. But, I mean, when he was in the PGA, I always thought he was pretty good. Like, whenever I'd go see him or whenever I would, like, travel with my pops to a uh, golf tournament or something like that, and, like, outside the Philadelphia area, I mean, it was just, like, a total great time. Like, I loved it. And Phil was always there, you know, being a good sport making you know the sport a little more boring but a little bit yeah but you don't have like the masters website to watch like seven different broadcasts at once which is probably the greatest thing to ever happen to golf it truly is like the greatest experience in the world i wish every single sport 
allowed for you to just log on to their website and watch whatever was like, on like the Masters does. See, like Red Zone has that concept, but Red Zone actually sucks sometimes to the point of when it's just showing. Well, you got to pay a lot of money to have Red Zone. I know. You don't like, have to pay a dime to watch the Masters on their website. That is true. But like, see, I pay for Red Zone. I pay, so for, I. I pay for NFL Plus and I pay for Red Zone. Because like being in South Bend, trying to watch the birds, yeah, I can't the birds, get anything. The birds, the birds. Yeah, whatever. I mean that's a whole, that's a whole other thing. And that, like, we're well, not, we're gonna get into the Phillies, Philly teams much later. But yeah, uh, I pay for like Red Zone, and it compares nowhere near the Masters' level of production. And actually, what is it? I think it's the Masters purposely loses out on ninety three million dollars in revenue so that they can control all their own production. Not like ESPN. Yeah, I, yeah. Just who? Who? They're on NBC, right? I think they're I mean, CBS. I think CBS. yeah, I think it's on CBS. So it's a pretty like they take a big hit to be able to do that, and I think like the whole free streaming service really does benefit them. And I have to say like, that's where the majority of their workers come from. I mean, a majority of their viewers, not their workers. So that's why everyone loves the Masters. It is why everyone loves the Masters. You're right, but. Uh, one other highlight from the Masters that I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, Sahith Tigala on 16 had a shot that was very similar to Tiger's famous shot back in 05. Um, pretty awesome. Uh, one of the few golf shots that like everyone knows was Tiger's back in 2005. And I remember just watching Sahith, who hadn't heard much about him until the Netflix documentary uh, Full Swing came out and they had like a whole episode on him, which was, he's a very likable guy. Uh, he ended up doing well. He finished, what did he finish? Spieth. Sahith Tigala. Oh. Uh, he finished ninth, five under, which was very good. He did really well on the last day as well. Kind of shut up. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen the, Full swing documentary. No, I haven't even watched full swing yet, you but um, I want to get into both like full swing and drive to survive. Yeah. I started driving. Like, I haven't started drive to survive and I like F1 a lot and I will watch, you know, on those Sunday mornings, but I just, I just haven't had the time to really like mm-hmm. sit down and just like binge a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. But I'm um, also in the masters, you know, one final thing before I move on, let's talk about Sam Bennett, Sam Bennett, the amateur, like literally the amateur finishing two under at the masters you know, uh, because he's an amateur, I'm actually relatively sure that he doesn't get any of that purse money, right? I don't know. I believe so. I think that's something like the rule. And I saw when he came back, he's from oh, – where is he from? I think he's from – he's from Texas, right? Isn't he an A&M guy or something like that? I, I think, think A&M, yeah. Yeah, I think A&M. And I think when he came back to a Texas station, he got like – I mean, college station, he got a, a huge like – like standing evasion. Sam Bennett like, receives no money. Yeah, correct. Yeah, no money. That's that's oh, that's. Awful. That would have sucked if he won and got none. I'm sure he's gonna be ripping sponsorship deals left and right, though, especially after being 23 years old, coming in and really proving himself to some of the best golfers in the world. Honestly, the top 50 golfers in the world. So, I'll give it to him. Hopefully, you can see him in the PGA. Not live, but mm-hmm. hopefully PGA soon. But, yeah. And yeah, that. About wraps up the Masters. Exciting tournament, always is. Uh, yeah. Best highlight of the spring. Good, good times on Easter Sunday. Uh, and as we go into another tournament that is kicked off on uh, 
Tuesday, um, the NBA tournament, the playoffs started. We had uh, Tuesday night, the Hawks beat the Heat. And now the Hawks play the Celtics in round one. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably not winning that series. <laughs> and the Lakers came back from down, uh, I believe, 19 to beat the Timberwolves in overtime. And now the Lakers match up against the Grizzlies, which is a very exciting series because uh, you got LeBron back in the playoffs, which is I was gonna say that. much needed. Uh, the NBA playoffs are not the same without LeBron, as we all know. And then uh, the Grizzlies, who definitely an exciting team. I wouldn't say fan favorite because <laughs> everything with John Morant uh, kind of making himself no, what are you talking about? less and less likable by the day. Um, but, yeah, that'll be exciting. I think the hopefully the Lakers give them a series because it's always good. I love LeBron, so it's always good to see him go as far as possible. Uh, and then last night, the Bulls came back uh, down 19 as well, I believe, um, against the Raptors. And as many people were saying on Twitter, the highlight of the game was DeMar DeRozan's daughter, who was screaming at the top of her lungs on every Raptors free throw. And at the, the final line – their final line from free throws for the Raptors was 18 for 36, which is only 15%. So the Bulls won by four. So, yeah, if it weren't for DeMar's daughter, I think the Raptors would have won last night and the Bulls would be eliminated. But the Bulls and the in the second game yesterday, the Thunder pulled out. They were another comeback win. Um, they were down – against the Pelicans on the road, and they came back, led by Josh Giddy, who had 31 points, uh, balled out. And, yeah, the Thunder have a chance to clinch a spot if they win on uh, Friday, and the uh, winner of Bulls Heat will also clinch. Overall, I feel like the NBA playoffs are – I mean, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the playing tournament. I think it's kind of stupid, to be honest. Um, Why, like, specifically? What do you think of it as? I don't know. I, I just don't think the playing games are very exciting at all. I mean, I know it's it'll be good. Like, if the Thunder do beat the Timberwolves, uh, that would get a 10 seed into the playoffs. Or 10 seed going into the tournament, who would then be the 8 seed. But I don't know. I just don't. I think the Timberwolves, if they are to lose to the Thunder, like they played better all year, and I just don't see a reason why they shouldn't be in the playoffs, get a shot at a title when they were seeded as the eight seed. And it used to be the top eight teams automatically make it. I just don't think that's like – I don't know. I'm not a huge fan personally, but – Yeah. See, for me, I know nothing about basketball. I suck at basketball. I'm awful at the sport. I don't watch. But you got a strap. Sixers and four. That's it. Yeah, we can talk. start talking about the playoff bracket itself. Um, I think it'll be a relatively exciting playoffs. Um, always is. The NBA playoffs, great playoffs. I think they're probably one of the best in professional sports. Just sheer excitement. I think 
the NBA is knocked on all season uh, for not being exciting. The players don't try. Um, the games don't really matter that much. So much drama. Yeah, drama. And the highlight of the middle of the NBA season is the trade deadline. When, probably the best trade deadline in sports just because of the narratives that come out of it. But um, I think that it'll the playoffs itself, the atmospheres are awesome. And obviously, I mean, if you're not trying in the playoffs, I don't know what you're doing. So, but yeah, uh, looking at the bracket personally, um, there's, I think we have a potential for some, for some upsets this year. I'm hoping. Uh, So let's see the nuggets in the West play the winner of Timberwolves and Thunder tomorrow. Well, Bucks play Bulls and Heat. I think both those teams should be more than fine moving on to the next round. Um, Do you know what I'm thinking? Like low-key big upset? Hmm. You know, so got to go back. Me and Jimmy and our good friend Tommy, we sat courtside at a Hawks game yeah. over a fall break at, no chance. when we were down in Atlanta. And, I mean, it was definitely the, one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. And, you know, I'm a holistic guy. I talked about this uh last pod but you know if if something you know if, if i'm liking the team if i'm if i'm just like feeling it i'm like oh you know i went to a hawks game we sat courtside it was a pretty good job like, it, was, it was a good time like met Lil yachty good deal met quavo yeah. good deal met dr j yeah. who else we saw uh, two chains two chains two chains and his and his daughter i'm kind of feeling the hawks over the celtics i mean obviously the hawks are exciting team especially with trey young and what they're able to do uh Two seasons ago, uh, the hype that they created around the Eastern Conference playoffs when they played the Knicks in the first round. But, I mean, the Celtics are just so good. and Tatum, Brown, like, when they're clicking, they're they're not losing a series. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really think the Hawks will give them that much trouble. Um, and so I think the one season will move on. I think, I think the Lakers will give the Grizzlies a good series, but – I'm not too like I'm not too sold on the Lakers. Just I, I don't know. I feel like the obviously that they've got LeBron and LeBron in the playoffs. Um, seems like he's always in the finals. But yeah, I think the Grizzlies overall. I think they're a more solid team, and I think it's going to be tough for Lakers to beat them four times in the series. Um, and then the three and sixty games. We got the Sixers and the Nets. I mean. I don't think the Sixers will have any trouble. Yeah, I mean, yeah, last regular season game, what was it? Like, beating by the Sixers beat the Nets by 29 or something like that? I think. Something. Yeah, pretty, so, yeah. something. Yeah, something yeah, pretty. 29. Yeah, something pretty crazy. So. They'll be fine. I mean, I think the Sixers, everyone likes to knock, like, and beat in the playoffs, doesn't do anything. But uh, I think they'll definitely win that. And get a matchup with the Celtics in the second round, which will be very interesting. That's going to be an electric Huge series. rivalry. Philly and Boston. Huge Atlantic. Um, exciting. Like, it'll be great. Um, I think, obviously, the Warriors being the sixth seed, everyone likes to jump on because they were last year's champs. The Warriors, Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Poole, Draymond. Uh, Kings, no chance to beat them. But I really think there's a lot of disrespect going towards the Kings. And I think uh, – Fox and Sabonis and those guys have something to prove. 
And um, I think that they're definitely going to give the Warriors a very good first-round series. Hopefully they pull it out. Um, nothing better than seeing the defending champs go down in the first round. <laughs> Nonetheless, considering that I can't stand Steph Curry. Um, Why can't you stand him? I just like – What does he do? That's like so awful. There's just nothing that makes me more angry than watching the Warriors and Steph Curry dribbling in circles around his defender and then pulling up from 35 <laughs> feet. And it's like that's just a ridiculous shot. But it goes in because – Steph Curry is the leading three-point shooter all time for a reason, obviously. He's very yeah. good. I think he's I just, just can't, like, I just can't stand it. I, I don't know. I can't stand See, it. like, one thing I do admire about him, though, like, off the court, it's like you never see him, you know, in the news for anything bad, right? I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah, he doesn't do anything really wrong. but It's like nothing is really wrong. So, oh, I appreciate that. But that's all I can really comment about basketball. My upset series <laughs> pick uh, is I'm going to go – I like the Clippers to beat the Suns in the first round. If I know Paul George, I think I'm not sure if he's out the whole series or not, but I know he's out game one. Um, but I don't know. I just love like I think the Clippers are exciting and uh, kind of slept on. Obviously, they have Kawhi, and if Paul George comes back, I think they'll give the Suns a series for sure because obviously the Suns have CP3, Booker, Kevin Durant, Aiden, and they're the four seed. And everyone's like, oh, like the four seed going far isn't – like that's not very normal. And with this stacked Suns roster. Yeah, it's true. You never know. I mean, I think that they're going to be very common, like a very common championship pick. And I think the Clippers are a team that could give them a run for their money at least in the first round. But I do like the Clippers' chances there. And then in the Cavs-Knicks series, the Eastern Conference 4-5 matchup, I don't – I like the Knicks here personally uh, just because they have more experience in the playoffs than do the Cavs. And, yeah, I think especially after getting bounced – the way they did against the Hawks in 2021. Um, they're going to be out to prove something. They're not going to want to get embarrassed on their home floor like they did against the Hawks. Uh, as you know, the iconic Trey Young calling it his city. And then missing the playoffs last year, I think this is their time to win a series, get New York excited, match up again with the Bucks. Um yeah, I think New York deserves the Knicks to go far. The NBA, in my opinion, is better when the Knicks are good. Just because it's New York. I mean, that's fair. New York's New York big New York sport, New York. sports mecca. It's so yeah. That's kind of what I got. I think yeah. for my champion, I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I think they're the best team. Uh, Giannis. I hope that uh, it'd be nice to see Giannis get another ring rather than a super team like the Suns. And um, I think out of the Celtics are very good as well, um, but I think the Bucks will uh, take the East and take the title. What about you? Loki feeling the Suns. I don't know. I really like Devin Booker. 
I like his car collection a lot. So we got an NBA casual here. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm you know I'm a total casual guy. He's gonna go with the Suns. He's gonna go with the Super Team. I mean, no. I think that Devin Booker has like a sick Impala, and I think like just yeah, so his, just how he is, yeah, as a person, he's just gonna win. Yeah, because he has a cool car. He's gonna like win. dated what he he dated Kylie Jenner, right? Or yeah, he dated one of them. He dated the one that also dated Blake Griffin and I think Tristan Thompson. And the uh, Shumpert, maybe. Safe uh, to say, she almost has a roster, but, but he's still Devin Booker. He, yeah, she would have a starting five, and Devin Booker would be the point guard. Yeah, I think that team could. Have probably, I think that has that, nothing to, to do with win. with their chances. Um, I don't know. I, I just think you know, there's. Like a, well, we'll see. But okay, first round starts Saturday, and buckle up and let's get ready for that. Uh, now, it, some other news across the sports world. <laughs> Is uh, not sure if I mean this was pretty funny in my opinion, but the Phillies received their um, NL- NLCS uh, champions rings. I hate it. Uh, last I hate weekend. that so much. And I didn't, I didn't really know this was a thing to be honest. Uh, I don't think like anyone's ever made a huge deal out of it. Yeah, they like, had like they had like a whole ceremony, like, like a whole ceremony at home. I did look it up. I, uh, like if the Tigers received theirs in 2012 and they made the World Series and I guess that they got rings too. I don't remember there being a huge ceremony. Uh, post the, all the ring details on their Instagram. It's like I just don't know. Like, like you do when you actually win the championship. Like, I don't know why they really did it. Like it's nice, yeah, but it's like we're the first losers and we really are. It's like, are, you are the first yeah, like let's congratulate ourselves for being the first loser. And I just don't think that's – a good deal like at all like i just don't understand like why they made such a big deal out of it like reese hoskins came back you know he's he's suffering like, he just came out of acl surgery i believe so he hobbled out there to get he, his like ring. hobbled out there to get his ring you know everyone went crazy in citizens bank park like sure like, I mean, like sure like i would have probably been cheering but like deep down i'm like we we lost yeah. like why are we making such a big deal out just of this? like some some salt in the wound yeah it, it is a little bit of salt in the wound like yeah it's cool you know i'm sure they got like I'm sure like 40 rings for like the whole team and they're probably absolutely stunning, but I don't know. It just, it's I, just, I feel like it wasn't the right like call. It's just one of those uh, like bad, um, how, would I, how would I put it? Like bad omen kind of things. Yeah, like I, I feel like now because they, they're celebrating almost getting there that they're going to do poorly. Um, Honestly, like I, I don't want to say it, but like I feel like, but that all, as we know, I mean, across sports, there have also been some pretty bad banners hung in arenas, <laughs> and uh, in the first series against the Tigers this season, the Rays, who are now thirteen and zero, um, still have not lost. Uh, they actually hung a banner for making the American League Wild Card, in which they got swept by the Indians or the Guardians. Guardians. My bad. Oh my gosh. Jim in which they got swept and they hung a banner for it because they don't have many banners at the trap. Um, yeah. Obviously I think if you win your division, yes, worthy of a banner. Mm-hmm. Obviously they have the, their American league champions from the COVID season. Uh, it's, it's fair. It's worth a banner, but like if you're hanging banners for making the wild card, that's like, 
you might as well hang a banner every single year you make the playoffs, <laughs> which is just like, come on. Yeah, man. like I'm looking at some pictures now of Rob Thompson, Philly's GM. It's like he just doesn't look happy. He's like clapping. He has the ring on his finger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, but he's like a very straight up dude. And it just doesn't look like he wants to be there. Like, It's just things that don't need to be ceremonially recognized. Obviously, like it is an accomplishment to go to the World Series or make the wild card in the race case. Or another one that comes to mind is when the NCAA tournament got canceled, Florida State basketball hung, hung a banner for finishing fourth in the rankings after the season, after the tournament was canceled. Like just fourth? Yes. It just has a four. Yeah. I'll show you a picture of it. Um, Let's see fourth. Yeah, they hung the NCAA canceled number four final ranking. The fact that that came out of a school's endowment to pay for that, that's awful. It's, a, it's, a, I don't know, it's just hilarious seeing like things like this uh, being recognized for ultimately not being the best or being the best in some aspect of your sport. But I feel like it's just kind of like a bad, bad beat, you know? Yeah funny to me to be honest but news also coming out of the MLB um Jeff Passan tweeted last night about a potential expansion uh team in the MLB coming out of Salt Lake City he said that uh a Salt Lake City expansion led by former owner of the Utah Jazz uh plans to pursue a major league baseball expansion franchise in the coming years um I think that's very interesting because obviously there's been talk around the MLB of some teams relocating to better areas. Like for sure, the athletics need to relocate. Yeah, I um, agree. Their fan, you got fans boycotting, like begging <laughs> to relocate or at least begging for a new ballpark because their stadium is so horrible. Also, See, like, I love Salt Lake City. I really do. I think it's like a great area. Um, been there both the summer and the winter. Mm-hmm. Skied there. Been there just to visit. And I'm afraid that, you know, if they don't get, I mean, it's obviously you know hard to grow, right? And like, yeah, in like five, like first five years, you know, it's, it's probably gonna be a little difficult. Well, it kind of reminds me of, of Vegas Golden Knights too. I mean, in their first season, yeah, I was just they, gonna say the Knights kind of they made the Cup final, but. Yeah, so like, so I mean, you never know. You never know, but like, I'm always afraid that. But Salt Lake City, it's like out there. It's like they might be like a like the Rockies remake or something like that. I feel like it'd be cool to see one in like um, Charlotte. I know they have the Charlotte Knights uh, minor league club downtown. Their park is beautiful uh, for especially for a minor league club. Be pretty sweet for them to get a team or. A city in like Omaha or who has the Storm Chasers? I don't know. I think yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty cool to see maybe multiple cities. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say Charlotte or needs one. a relocation of the A's. You could, you could, I mean, I know the Rays are thirteen and zero right now, but the Rays might need to relocate just with their low attendance. They're thirteen. They're thirteen and zero, and they're filling up like half their ballpark, like. Today, they tied the record for the most consecutive wins to start an MLB season. And their ballpark was not sold out. Um, we are looking at 
in attendance. And they crushed the Red Sox too. It wasn't like they were, well, they had to put together a nice seven run inning, but um, yeah, sixty eight percent full for a record tying game. That's pretty ridiculous. I mean, opening day, the Tigers played mm-hmm. there, and the whole entire upper bowl was empty, not a single soul. It's also inside too, so you're not like sweating. Yeah, down in St. Pete, like right. It's just go to the ballpark. Come it's on. interesting because it's like you have all these people rallying to like the Lightning right now, and all those and all those other cities across the country who don't have an MLB team who would kill to have an MLB team, and your team is thirteen and zero now, and you can't even sell out the ballpark. I think that's just. I mean, if it sticks. It, it's weird because I don't know if this works at baseball and correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but with the, uh, what is it? With the viewership, doesn't that relate directly to like blackout rates yeah, and stuff the, like that? Blackouts in the MLB are bad. So like the blackouts would be bad and would it even like, could they do that? Could they be like, yeah, we're going to end up blacking out like the Rays game, even though they're 13 and out because they can't fill up their stadium. Well, I think that's all just like, like, could that hypothetically happen? How or, close like, you live to the, like if you were to buy MLB TV and you live within like distance to receive the like the cable broadcast, they don't let you watch it on MLB TV, so you watch it on the cable broadcast. So like if I were to have MLB TV back when I was home, I wouldn't be able to watch the Tigers on MLB TV. I would watch it on. I would have to watch it on my TV. Damn. Okay. So it's just really weird, but um, yeah, I think so. That's like wrapping it up in the MLB, right? Yeah, they'll uh, wrap it up in the really in the breaking uh, sports world right now. Um, and we're gonna take a quick break and come back and talk about some brand building. Cool. All right, thank you guys for staying with us for that uh, quick little break. And now we're gonna kind of segment off from the professional sports world and go more into like the college atmosphere and while we're doing this one thing i sort of wanted to focus on was quote unquote brand building and when i say brand building i'm not talking about you you know in the entrepreneurial world building a startup but more brand building yourself and your name in college so something that i personally believe is that when you're like being yourself as a college student for all students, that pretty much correlates how you are as a person. I think that's relatively easy to understand, but when you're being a college athlete and you're a pretty like big person on campus, I would like to say like, you know, you're really important. Um, You're important to the school, you're important to the fans. I think how you're perceived is super, super important for your name, image and likeness. And I'm sure Jimmy can comment on this as well. But NIL has completely taken over. Yeah. Like, it truly has. Ultimately, like, it drives college athletics now. Like, um, just, like, the way that certain athletes uh, decide where they want to play at the next level uh, is driven now by NIL. Um, even, like, just the success of programs now is starting to be driven mm-hmm. by NIL. Like you saw, I mean, Texas A&M is putting a boatload of money into their football program because their donors want to see a winning team uh, so they can offer all these 
recruits and saying that NIL deals and I mean, you, they did it last year and it didn't necessarily work out, but yeah. And I think it's like, especially with these type of NIL departments, right? You're really put at a crossroads with a lot of these schools that you could, I guess, say are higher academic in comparison to more like athletics mm-hmm. driven, right? Yeah. So you have schools that like the Ivy League schools, you know, some of like the top 20 universities like Notre Dame, for example, that doesn't have like a super focused NIL giving department that they've really like publicized in comparison to like these SEC schools and other ACC schools. So it just kind of, it almost like, it's like a hit or miss, you know, it's either we're going to have to go in and if all these other schools are getting all these donors that are raising millions and millions of dollars, we're going to need to do the same thing. It's almost like we have to get with the times. It's not something that I necessarily agree with, but if we have to do it, yeah, eventually you're going to have, eventually to. like we're just going to have to do it at Notre Dame. Unless they like the NCAA comes out and mm-hmm. puts like a bunch of parameters around what you can and can't do. I mean, right now it's like sort of a free for all. And yeah, I think eventually they will put some type of parameters around like the whole NIL sphere mm-hmm. in this sense. Yeah. It is early. And I think NIL's original market almost was for college athletes to be able to make some type of income for all the time that they're putting in. Since they're putting in so much time and so much dedication and getting rewarded with mm-hmm. very, like very little, like very little, I guess, quote unquote, on the books type of stuff. I can see how it would be relatively rough. I mean, I'm not an athlete. Wish I was. Jimmy's not an athlete either. Not an athlete. But, um, yeah, like, so if we put ourselves in our shoes at first, it was hard for me to think about, um, like, think about, like, oh, you know, you shouldn't pay college athletes. Like, they're already, you know, a lot of them are on scholarship and they're already getting paid. But I realize um, it's a little bit bigger than that. And when I say, like, it's also bigger than that, I like to think about, like, these absolute bags that are being dropped on NIL for, like, specific players. I remember um, – it was around, what was it, Christmas? Yeah, it was winter break. Yeah. When Notre Dame had a commit, five-star Payne Bowen. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, we lost him. He's committed to Oklahoma now. But, but he, committed to Oregon he com- first. So, yeah, he was committed to Notre Dame. See, I don't know if he ever decommitted from Notre Dame. No, he never. He, he never was, signed. Yeah. Right? Well, he was for, on signing day, he, or he was committed to Notre Dame, and then on signing day, he – committed again to Oklahoma or uh, Oregon, but then he's, he when he, signed, when right? he was signing something got messed up or something. So then now, now he's in Oklahoma. I, it, yeah. it was a super weird situation. He was posting mine on his Instagram. I remember reading some of that. Yeah. And I mean, obviously I feel like the thing, you know, that happened with this, it was, you know, chasing some NIL money and I can't blame him with that type of stuff. Like millions and millions of dollars, to an 18 year old, 19 year old, that's probably going to go to his, you know, his family. Like he's going to set up his family. That's, that's life-changing. It really is. Like, it's absolutely like life-changing money to get eight, $9 million as an 18 year old, 19 year old kid. Like I, I could see like how, you know, if you're in a situation like that and all this money is just offered to you, I think it would be pretty I mean, yeah. easy. Like if you're getting a seven figure relative, like a contract, like almost like a seven figure contract, I could totally see how everyone would 
pick up on that. Like I'm, I'm all for um, like college athletes getting paid. Like I don't have a problem with that. I just think that the way that it's being handled right now in the NCAA is sort of like a huge free for all is something that I think needs to change. I think it, Mm -hmm. I mean, people could argue like, Oh, just the resources. Like if people just pay up, you'll be in a good spot. But I also think it's just like, it's ridiculous. Like seeing guys get offered seven figures and run a flip like that. Yeah. I think it's like, that's, yeah, I totally get what you're saying as well, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I understand it, but at the same time, I think there's gotta be like a, there's yeah. got to be boundaries that you like can and can't cross. Yeah, and I think those parameters that we were just talking about are going to be figured out and written because when I originally thought about NIL, I totally thought about how it would benefit athletes at like a smaller like a smaller scale. So like as smaller, I'm saying like not a main sp- like sport that's getting a lot of TV time, a lot of revenue, and a lot of the media attention. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at like a lot of smaller stuff and these smaller athletes. Of course, you know, NIL offers you to get these brand deals now, like food and restaurant deals and these like really small promotions that, you know, I'm sure they create some type of passive income for these athletes. And I'm sure oh, it's yeah. really great, especially for like these smaller athletes and these like smaller teams. Well, with- especially with how much they're like, like obviously they're playing on national television, stuff like that. Like, yeah. You'd think that some money would be a part of it, but it kind of sucks that it's like turning into like a, um, like a, it's like a bidding war. Yeah, a bidding war. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, some schools have probably been using it for years, like uh, under the table. Like Clemson admitted to using um, uh, name, image, and likeness for years, yeah. although it was more of a joke in the way they said it. But yeah. and uh, I think like the way that it used to go, especially like a yeah. while back, it was like football player would work for this car dealership yeah. in the summer or something like that. It's like, but, you ten, know, he's driving like a new pickup truck around like right. when he comes back to school. Like, Oh yeah. Like it's, like, like it's like stuff like that. Clemson guys driving around like Lamborghinis or Tennessee recruits coming out and saying that they got cash in McDonald's bags to go to Tennessee. Like, it's like, obviously it's something that's been happening, but it's like now that it's like you're allowed to do it, it's turned in. It's like, scaled up like a ton because like i mean if they're doing it under the table and giving away like millions of dollars to these athletes just come to their school like eventually people would figure that out but like under more under the table stuff obviously it was kind of like a um it was happening but like no one really wanted to admit that it was happening Mm -hmm. it's that sort of thing yeah, and that's also like only very specific athletes right. and stuff like that. But now it's almost every athlete. Yeah, and now it's almost every athlete. And I think like we have to give credit to like all these like software companies that are coming out that are, you know, making it available to, you know, all student athletes, like like every teammate, like and the athletic departments, like there's definitely cool ones. It's like you've got like uh I saw the other day uh Adama Snogo, the center from UConn basketball got an NIL deal with Sonica, like the, the, gas, the company. gas company. And uh, B. John Robinson from Texas, who is uh, in the upcoming NFL draft, has an NIL deal that's Bijan's Dijon, Dijon mustard. Literally. Just like, there's cool stuff like that. And then there's just like, oh, well, 
give your parents a job at Nike and give you a bunch of money too if you come play at Oregon or something stuff like that where it's just like seriously like that's ridiculous yeah I get it I really do um I mean if I could get into this stuff like I totally would no totally like yeah. I'm a club athlete like we're pretty dedicated Notre Dame club lacrosse you know we're number two right now in the G triple L, you know, for all those that pay attention to college club lacrosse, you know, we're at BFD. So, you know, I need to, I, I can use anything. If anyone's listening out there yeah. and they want to get our team right, like totally let me know. Or like give our, give a, the staying focused podcast an NIL deal. Yeah. That could be arranged. That could totally be arranged. Like if you want us to build our brand in an entrepreneurial sense, totally let us know. And we'll get something right. Maybe just like put some cash in a McDonald's bag and we'll yeah. figure it out in 10 minutes. Leave it on our apartment front steps. We'll go down there. Grab it. Grab it. And, you know, we'll figure some stuff deal. out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, since we're on the topic of colleges, you know, college athletes, college sports, one little quick segment I kind of wanted to introduce was that Irish rundown. You already know. We're Notre Dame students. We got to do it. First thing on our list, Jimmy, you can attest to this. Notre Dame spring game, April 22nd. Yeah. Uh, spring game coming up next weekend. I don't know. I, the spring game, it, it's nice to see guys um, who you're curious about after last season get reps. Obviously, Notre Dame landed uh, Sam Hartman, mm. ACC passing leader. Uh, Super curious to see From Wake Forest. Yeah. yeah very serious there. Like. Especially with, I mean, I've been seeing on from like beat reporters that the maybe more of a quarterback battle than we thought. Uh, Tyler Buckner apparently the last couple of days has looked really good, and Sam Hartman not as much. I mean, obviously it's tough; like it's going to take time to adjust to a whole new offense. But I've heard like a lot of throws off his back foot, a lot of interceptions, where Tyler Buckner has taken big steps uh, from last year. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And then seeing like tight ends who can fill in for Michael Mayer, yeah. who's in the draft now. Mitchell Evans, Kevin Bauman. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm excited to see how they're going to come in since I know. Phil Gaps on defense, lost a lot on the defensive line, yeah. lost Foskey on the edge. Excited to see Ben Morrison, how yeah. he's been doing, his growth, and I'm sure. I would love to see six more interceptions this year for him. Uh, yeah. And- yeah. Lacrosse now is at yeah. uh, number one in the country. Yep, the sign's lit right now. Notre Dame Lacrosse is number one over Easter weekend. weren't a lot of students here, but still, uh, Notre Dame community was able to pack out a lot of stadium for an absolute barn burner against Duke University. Notre Dame came in and won seventeen to twelve. Seventeen twelve. I like to think um, it was an absolute great game. Notre Dame defense absolutely dominated. I'm pretty sure we were great at the X as well. Uh, I just I love to see the Irish win, especially on the cross. I'd love to see Corgan have yeah. great success. Um, we're backstopped by Liam Entman. He's continuously having great game after game, double-digit saves. Mm-hmm. Um, defense right now, we have Chris Fake absolutely demolishing as well, um, leading in they have pretty much like leading stats as a pole. Uh, we have the Kavanaugh brothers killing it on attack. Their ride is deadly. I don't think you could ever pay me to get harassed by those guys if I have the ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, uh, I'm totally good on that. Is it time that we start talking about comparing uh, Kevin Corrigan to Nick Saban? Honestly, like, 
Dynasty, Dynasty Builder. It is I mean, Dynasty Builder. I mean, he's able to get athletes out in South Bend, and he's able to get guys that want to compete and play for him. Like, that's pretty much exactly what Saban does. Like, he's the type of guy that wants to get students that want to play for him, right? Yeah. And I think that's what Corrigan does. I mean, year in and year out. I mean, they got robbed from a tournament bid last year, but – That was a robbery. Um, I have words to say about that. Year in and year, year out, uh the top lacrosse program in the country, and I mean, he's been at it since my dad was here. Do you so. know we're also a top program then? Fencing. Fencing. Notre Dame's a fencing school, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yeah, it is a total fencing school. What do we have? Like, how many national championships? Like, 20 national championships? Some, we've won a, a couple in a row. Yeah, I know, because it's like the big three. I think it's like Notre Dame, Columbia, uh, Penn State, I think I'm pretty sure. But what is it? Notre Dame has three consecutive national championships: 21, 22, and 23. 13. They've had 13. Okay, that's pretty good. They have 42 conference titles. Are they in the ACC? Uh, I don't know. You never know what the school we're all yeah, in the ACC, I know. the Big Ten, we're in the Big Ten, ACC, FBS. You know, or whatever we really are. But um, I think people have to keep on paying attention to Notre Dame fencing, like. <laughs> We're national championships, and it's just you don't you don't hear anything about it, and like is, I, I want to hear stuff about it. Like fencing's sick. I don't the, know how it works, but it's sick. The fencing team too is like the one team here that gets the job done. Like, I mean, Notre Dame football's made the college football playoff twice. Uh, basketball, not so much in recent years. Rebound. Uh, the soccer team made the college cup last year, didn't win. Um, the baseball team made the College World Series last year, knocked off one of the best college baseball teams ever to get there in Tennessee, at Tennessee. Uh, didn't win it all. It's, uh, it's definitely – the fencing team is very overlooked considering they won 13. Um, yeah, they're Bunch of dogs. getting it out. They're getting it done year in and year out. So, yeah. I think that kind of like – yeah, that wraps it up. up for all I have on Notre Dame. Yeah, that about wraps up the Irish Rundown currently, and I'm sure we'll talk more about the spring game uh, after next week. And yeah, that about wraps up the second episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you guys in the next one. All right, peace. See ya.